the Gems of History podcast. Are you guys prepared to get scared? Are you very right for scared. the fright? Yeah. <laughs> very, very scared. All right. Bones are chilled. They are. We're about to get spooked. Spooked out of our pants. Spooked? Yeah, it's oh. spooky season. Yeah, I was about to say it is spooky season. <laughs> it is very much spooky season. So much that I buy useless shit when I just need <laughs> to go to just pick up regular groceries. Yeah. Anytime, well, you got to fill out the front porch somehow. Right? <laughs> right? Yeah. Anytime I go to the grocery store or like Walmart or something, it's just like, Walking through the uh, Halloween decorations and then just tell myself, I don't, I don't need any of this. I, I absolutely don't need all of this. You see, I got the bro approach. The bro approach where it's like, ah, one pumpkin, that should probably do it. <laughs> and that guy's gonna stay there well into November. Well into November. Right. Yeah. Yeah. For me, like it was, I went to the grocery store this past weekend. It was butter, milk, eggs. A skeleton, a skeleton key, a pumpkin that lights up. Like what the- <laughs> a skeleton key. <laughs> Literally, like I went in for the bare essentials because I told myself just bare essentials. Bare That's all you need. Exactly. And I just come out with a cart filled with just random nonsense and three bags of candy, including the white chocolate that is, Hershey's. That Oof. might be the worst part is like seeing the giant bags of candy in the aisle because – I mean, you're not going to eat any of those by yourself, are you? Oh, all the time. (laughs) You weren't here, but we talked about this. It might have been last week. I have a bowl of candy. It's got like Milky Way, Snickers, Twix, Three Musketeers. And I have it it sitting literally right behind the head of my couch. So I can, if I'm laying down, I can just reach back and grab it. So I'm just eating it all on my own. Mm -hmm. But last year I I had the same bowl and I had a bunch of candy in it. left it outside because COVID trick-or-treating. And I... It was there for maybe five minutes before a kid came and grabbed literally all of it. <laughs> so oh, really? I was like, he was probably the yeah. only one out because most people weren't even doing it. No, I I gave like three kids candy, and then I saw these two like teenage boys oh, come up figure. and take the whole thing yeah. and, and literally <laughs> run away. I was like, yes, yep. teenagers, and not just me and Brandon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I, I couldn't be mad because I did the exact same thing when I would trick or treat with my yeah. cousin and my sister back in the day. So right, but. So that's why your cousin got the pop rocks. <laughs> that was a different cousin. Oh, gotcha. Man, you shops just. <laughs> yeah, you thief. We're out there. Uh, but anyways, welcome to the Gems of History podcast, everyone. I am your host, Jacob Shop, and joining me, as always, I have Evan Roosh with me. Ooh. <laughs> and first time this week, we have Teddy Brown, a good friend of ours. The one and only, I guess. <laughs> the one and only. How excited are you? Um, Dude, I'm getting a little tuned up, so I'm feeling good. Yeah. I mean... uh. We'll just see where it all goes. Start getting carried away. Just go from there. Heck yeah. Yeah, Teddy's been a good buddy of ours since grade school, so we're looking forward to having him on and having a good time. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, Teddy's another buddy that literally goes back to, what, pre-K? Like 3K? Uh, I was kindergarten. Kindergarten. Oh, literally showing up to kindergarten so on the first day. So when we were four day. and not three. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was way older than you. <laughs> yeah, we're not even time. Way older. Friends. Not even close. <laughs> and the funny part about Teddy is, he, right now, he's probably one of the most talkative guys that I know. But when I first met him, quiet as a church mouse. Ooh, literally up until like fourth grade. Yeah. Once fourth grade came around, and I think it was like you broke and Mark. The, broke the ice with some Yu-Gi-Oh cards at recess. Oh, dude. If that doesn't do it, then I don't know what does. <laughs> I really don't. Uh, you got you to gotta just get it in there and just start that, that flow of conversation. Yeah, know? yeah, definitely. Getting Anna Johnson worked up all the time, <laughs> dude. Just forget about it. 
But joining us, uh, also, we have uh, a guest sitting in, just hanging out with us. We got Brandon hanging out. So he, he's been a guest on before. So, but Our first live studio audience. Yeah, so if you hear booze in the background that we normally deserve but never get. They're not ghosts. Yeah, they're Brandon. They're Brandon. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's spooky season. <laughs> We're going to be afraid the whole episode, but just because we know that we could possibly get booed. <laughs> yeah. And not a scary boo. This is the Oof. first time since episode five I've been nervous. <laughs> <laughs> Just with my like three like best buds from right, oh, I dude. literally birth. It's Just like, let oh, it so fly. You're Michael Red. Just let it fly. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about a scary shot for him though. Uh, yeah, he has a spooky season shot for him, shot for, him for sure. Oh, you absolutely. know what I'm saying? Michael Red, official spooky season shot of the year. <laughs> yeah, shout out. <laughs> we need to. Somehow make a grab. That's not me. I just post things on social me media. All. all right. So that's what we'll outsource. Well, yeah, we'll outsource yeah. We need to get our uh, our intern on that. Right. Brandon? Yeah. <laughs> Digging deep. But uh, yeah, this week we will be carrying on with the spooky theme for the month of October. And we will be doing a little bit of a group topic. It'll be me and Evan. So we'll be bringing you some spooky tales that we've prepared and... A couple creepy pastas and stuff like that, so look forward to that. But before we get into all that, uh, Teddy, as we ask with every guest, as this is a history podcast, we kind of just want to break a little ground and see like what your background on history is, what you're kind of into, if you have any real interest in history, stuff like that. Uh, well, like the thing is, like in my family, like especially like my dad, my oldest brother, and stuff like that, like. They know like a lot about history. A couple of my other siblings are not as into it, but um, I think it really flows as like a family thing or like a, a a group thing, where if your group is like big into it, like you feel like you need to know more. And like when I saw like my dad, and my brother just knew like everything. And when you're in like dinner or whatever and bantering, and they just bring out like these little like history references, like here and here and here and here. You're like, oh, I pick up on some of them, don't pick up on others. So. For the most part, it is it's yeah, it's the family. The family's into it, so uh, naturally you have to be intrigued by it. Sure. So. And the thing is, it's like, what do you know? What do you don't know? What's out there? What's not out there? I mean, it's there's there's so much of it, you can't possibly know all the truth, everything. There's just way too much to it. So, anytime you get to learn a little bit more, you just take it and run. That's I, the way I look at it. Absolutely. Is there, is there like a certain type of history that you enjoy learning about more than others, like ancient history versus like modern history or military history? So, is yeah. there anything that stands out for you? The history of dance. <laughs> yeah, well, that's a good one too. <laughs> um, for like, when I was talking about like my oldest brother and my dad, they would always talk about like World War II for the most part. Okay. But then they'd like bring up a lot of like really like old like conspiracy theories and stuff like that. But that's whatever oh we love that here so. yeah yeah literally, i don't oh. really know any of them they know like way way more than i do but for the most part it was always just like all right well they bring it up like world war ii references when you're playing like risk or something like that like oh you just got denied at the gates of stalingrad or something like that <laughs> that is like the type of stuff you go through like you know the references you can just totally enjoy it soak it all in so heck yeah yeah that's awesome i know we've covered a, a few world war ii stories mostly from evan's point of view because he's been the one that takes those on but yeah big fan of the battles especially just Ooh. battle stalingrad as soon as he said that i had a special like place in my heart there battle of the bulge <laughs> i haven't done that one yet but it yeah. makes me giggle every time <laughs> we're mature kidding. aren't we <laughs> mature enough <laughs> yeah. 
mature enough to have an explicit tag on our on our podcast. That is, that's just a safeguard, just in case. Yeah, yeah, I don't know what we're gonna say. That's cheap insurance, right there. Yeah, it is. So, just gotta always have that as a backup. But yeah, do you like uh, the whole spooky season? Are you into the, all that ghost stuff? It's uh, it's interesting. I feel like it depends on like a year to year thing, where like some years you get more into it, some years you don't. Like this year, uh, I haven't been getting super into it. Like, what is today already? Like the ninth or tenth or something like that? Eighth? Mm-hmm. Either way, though, it's just like, all right, well, we're already eight days into October, and I really haven't, like, thought about it at all. And I haven't, like, watched any movies or done anything like that. Or no decorations. I haven't gone to Walmart and bought a bunch of skeletons <laughs> and stuff. So, no, I, I like I like Halloween season a lot. Um, like I said, it's like a year-to-year basis for me. I suppose you could really say the same thing about like any season. Oh yeah. Where some years you get really, really into it and other years you really, really don't like, and this year for me, I haven't gotten into it, but I enjoy the whole atmosphere. Yeah. Just fall in general is a good time of year. So fall is the best season as we have, I think concluded as a whole on this podcast. All three of it's, us agree. Oh, it's absolutely. good, but dude, I mean, hot girl summer, forget that. <laughs> yeah. Fat boy. Absolutely. Oh yeah. You can't touch it. But it's good though. Don't get me wrong. It's good. Just not quite the same. Not you can't touch same. it. Hey. No one wants to touch it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're wrong, but we'll accept it. Hmm. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I know that like, I'm kind of the same way. I know you and me used to be kind of really into all the, the ghosts and oh, like, dude, supernatural like, stuff. Yeah. Eighth grade. That is like the pinnacle of the mountain for like, being into ghost stories yeah like, when you're younger i mean as you get older they're still fun to tell every now and then and like just hear about stuff like that but i feel like when you're really really young you're more like not like impressionable but you're more likely to like soak it all up you know oh, what i mean absolutely. whereas once you get older it's kind of just like oh well you hear like a cool story every now and then but like the stories you kind of grew up with they just kind of hit different so to speak you right when I mean? you hear those stories in eighth grade it's like all you think about oh but then dude. when you hear them when you hear them now it's like Oh, that's neat. Let me get back to my nine to five. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> right. Let me get Pop back to my The scariest thing about my life now is getting up for work in the morning. Uh, <laughs> like, right, exactly. Dude, literally. Remember, you, remember like feeling things? That was sweet. <laughs> remember having emotion? Right? No. <laughs> it's all about getting to work on Monday. Dude, the other day my brake line broke, like blew out. Oh. And like, uh, well, not even the brake line. It's like this little like compressor and it like blew out, whatever. And uh, I'm trying to get this thing out and my brake line just snaps. I'm like, you know what? I just don't want to deal with this right now. So you know what? Clamp it all off. I got to go to work on Monday. So I've been driving with like 20% brakes the last week. <laughs> hey, I got to get to that work on Monday. That is literally the most tidy story yeah. I've ever heard. <laughs> Someone's got to get to work. So one time we were going up north. Teddy was joining my family and I was riding with Teddy oh, and, his, and his Honda Civic hatch. And we were, we were maybe 10 minutes outside of where we had started. And Teddy just nonchalantly lets me know. He's just like, "Yeah, the the ball bearing in one of my uh, front front joints is, it, it, might, axle, it might just yeah. It, yeah it might just give out, but we're gonna run it and see if we can make it there." And so I was just like, "Okay, yeah, yeah. like let's let's go." With it. I mean, I'm already us, ha- we're nope. already started, so we might as well right. keep yeah. going. Yeah, you're in the car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're... So we make it maybe like a little over halfway up north. Yeah, we're getting there. And <laughs> oh, I'm sitting there. Like looking at my phone, and all of a sudden the entire car starts vibrating, and Teddy's like, "Ah, yeah, the front axle just blew." Yeah, she's gone. She is ancient history at this point. <laughs> so we pull off into like this Department of Transportation yep, yep. and, and right just leave the car there. Hop in the car with my sister, who luckily had extra space. Yeah, and, right. And you just guys go from me. there. But 
that gives you an idea of how 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 much teddy plays the risks oh dude when we drove down to kentucky when we went to waverly hills like my other axle it was in nowhere near as bad a shape but um i know i I could hear the clicking starting and i'm like ah i think it'll make it and it did and this second time around, I'm like, ah, it'll probably make it again. And then we raised your car up in the parking lot with a broom handle <laughs> yeah, from a hotel. All right, dude. Holy hell. What kind of broom handle is that? <laughs> it broke immediately. Oh. oh, dude. Okay. Hey, man, we need to get this car up in there. You got anything? He's like, yeah, I guess he got this. He pulls out a broom handle, like a little hammer and like a <laughs> screwdriver. You're like, we're going to make it. It ended up working out. It, like, it did. It, it worked fantastic. The, the car didn't bottom out once. It worked out perfectly. Oh, yeah. But uh, yeah, Teddy mentioned that we went to Waverly Hills. Me and him used to be a, a part of a little like friend group that we did a bunch of paranormal mm-hmm. investigations and stuff. And we stayed at the Velisca Axe Murder House in Iowa, which is reportedly haunted. And we set up all the video cameras overnight and stuff Zach like Baggins that. Zach was and, there. Yeah. And then we went to uh, Waverly Hills Sanatorium in Kentucky, which is one of the most haunted places in America, reportedly. But yeah, we've done some pretty fun stuff. And we haven't. Honestly, we didn't really see all that much in either of those places, but yeah, like as far as like seeing and experiencing stuff, not really too too much. But at the end of the day, it's it's like a, it's such a cool experience. Yeah. Like just being in like a a large spooky facility like that, you know, pitch dark. I know when you watch like stuff like that on like YouTube or whatever, uh, it always looks like way brighter than it actually is. But when your lights oh, okay. out in those places, it is pitch black and the environment is just like, it's something else. It really oh, is. Bet. Yeah. It's that's insane. Like I would never, I love spooky stuff. I would never do that just for the fear that I'm just going to piss the wrong demon off. It's just yeah. going to follow me. So I wasn't allowed to do that. Like, oh, I, re- I wanted to go to a scary <laughs> yeah. trip with my friends. And then it's like, all right, get ready for hell. Yeah. <laughs> so one of the floors in Waverly are like, our host guide that took us on a tour through the building and stuff. She was like, Oh, I got to close this place up after you guys leave by myself. So don't like provoke anything or do anything. And there's apparently a spirit that if you whistle on the third floor, it'll whistle back. So uh, we were on the third floor and I started whistling and got yelled at almost immediately by the girls in the group. And, (laughs) but I, I thought I heard a whistle back, but I don't know if it was just an echo or something, but uh, then we went back to get pizza because they provide pizza for you. And the girls told our, our guide about it. And she was just oh, like yeah. so mad at yep. me. I'm just like, well, nothing's happening. But, like, I want something to happen. Hey, you know, I got to close this place up later. <laughs> I'm like, okay, good for you. Yeah. <laughs> kind of sounds like a you problem. Yeah. <laughs> As you're mowing down some pizza. Yeah, like... yeah, literally. Okay, that is fantastic. Yeah. That uh, is absolutely fantastic. Honestly, I think the scariest thing that happened on any of our investigations was we went to... Uh, well, there was one for me, but for the both of us, we went to the Hearthstone Museum in, I think it's in Appleton, Wisconsin, technically. Yeah, that was Appleton. And uh, we were doing like a midnight to 3 a.m. or whatever investigation. And so there's a second floor with a bunch of bedrooms, and it was... It was like a landing. Yeah. Like a little landing. So we were standing in the landing outside of the bedrooms, and those were supposed to be the most active places in the building. So Teddy... Myself and our buddy John were just sitting there quietly waiting to hear something. And as we're sitting there, the security alarm for the entire building goes off and it's just loud as oh, hell. It's crazy. Literally loud. scared the shit out. Like, not literally scared the shit out of me, but almost. Like, like it turtle was. Turtlehead almost. Yeah. It, it was the most <laughs> startling. It was the most guy. startling thing. And, like, mind you, 
it was completely quiet when we were sitting Oh, yeah, there. like stupid, like stupid pin quiet. drop quiet. And then an alarm. Yeah. Right, right in your ear. It was literally like right above yeah. us. And Oof. like there's some weird things about this. So the person that was our guide for that investigation turned all of the alarms off before we got there, obviously, so that when we came in, they wouldn't go off. And that alarm was supposed to contact the police department immediately when it went off. And her turning it off, it should never have gone off. She she disarmed it manually, so she knows it was off. And the cops never came or anything. And I'm, I don't remember her ever calling them and telling them it was a false alarm or anything. So I don't know how that went off and nothing happened with it. But she just went and shut it off, and that was the end of it. So I yeah. thought that was kind of weird. <laughs> So she didn't just didn't say anything about it. It's like, oh, well, alarm she said back that, on. She said that's never happened before. Yeah. Like she, where it oh. just went off on its own. She's like, I can't explain how that would have happened. <laughs> so that was kind of weird. Uh, oh. It was like, yeah, it's just very startling. Yeah. Like you weren't expecting it. Yeah. Oh, good times. But <laughs> I do not want to be caught on camera right now. <laughs> yeah. I'm not a bone chilling ghost. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh. We're almost 20 minutes in, so I suppose we should probably get to our trivia questions and we can get into our topics and, and talk about more personal ghost stories and stuff like that as we go. But who would like to start off with trivia? Um, I can start. Go right. for it. So, which traditional Halloween game has its origins in a Roman harvest festival that honored the goddess of fruit trees, Pomona? Was it A, pumpkins, B, Bobbing for apples, C, getting candy on Halloween, or D, kind of being an asshole. <laughs> you want to get baited into D so bad. I know. So That's the bad. entire thing with these like, trivia questions. Romans, and they were very naughty. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna go with bobbing for apples though. No, I went with the safe answer. Right? Yeah, I hate to be that guy, but that's kind of what I was leaning towards as well. <laughs> <laughs> we're so gonna go down together I, or both get it yeah right. literally this this ship might be sinking fast <laughs> or it's going right to or its it's going right through that iceberg so <laughs> sorry too soon the correct too soon the titanic <laughs> it's been 110 years yeah. i think we're okay <laughs> we're my bad my we're bad just, we're just gonna get an, we're just gonna get an email like you sons of guns <laughs> I saw the little, ex- what is it, Explic- explicit? Explicit tag. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't going to cut it. <laughs> but the correct answer, yes, is bobbing. All right. All right. That's how you bring it home right there. That's a good first trivia question for very, you. Very, very nice. Yeah, and looking at these, like that's literally the only game. Yeah. <laughs> the other ones are pumpkins, candy on Halloween, and being a dick. I know. Yeah. I, I thought you said like when you asked the question which game, but I was yeah. like, pumpkins. Okay, that's a tradition. I guess it kind of comes. That's why you look at trivia questions before five minutes <laughs> before you record. I think Teddy was the most prepared out of all of us for the trivia question. I actually wrote them down on real paper. I used used to do that, but now I just put them in my phone. Cause I was I was thinking about doing that, and I'm like, ah, this looks more legit, yeah. so I'm just gonna run with that. Do you want to go next? Or you want me to go? Um, up to you, boss. All right, I'll take this one. I'll we'll let you take the best for last. All right. So. Obviously, everyone knows about the movie Ghostbusters, one of the biggest movies probably of all time. But what was the original possibility for the name besides Ghostbusters? Because originally they were having a snafu with a series that was running that was already called Ghostbusters, so the filmmakers almost didn't call it that. But the potential options are A, 
ghost blasters, <laughs> B, ghost stoppers, C, ghost breakers, or D, all of the above? What? So, like, all, yeah. them, all of them are possibilities? Potentially. Okay. What year, uh, did, what, what year did that movie come out in? 80-something? Something like that. Yeah, I have no idea what the year was. I when think Dan Aykroyd was just a young gun. <laughs> yeah. I think Ghost Blaster sounds the most broke, so I'm going to go with that one. All right. That does make sense. Just yeah, you know what I mean? Just, like, <laughs> I, I, I can see that. That just, like, sounds, like, reasonable. Uh, what were the other two? Just because I don't want to copy Ted. Uh, Ghost Blasters, Ghost Stoppers, Ghost Breakers. Ghost Breakers. Okay, that actually sounds... Right. Stoppers, not so much. But yeah, that's, pretty, go that's a pretty weak name. Ghost Breakers. It's going to be D. Isn't it, it is D. Oh, the cop-out <laughs> answer was the right answer. And that's not actually not all of them. There's there's one more that was possible. Ghost it, Enhancers. It was Ghost, ghost Smashers. <laughs> so those were the possibilities. I'm glad they didn't go with any of those. Yeah, so I'm, I'm glad they went with Ghostbusters. It definitely sounds the best. But, yeah. Well, the it, Ted, Cheers. Bottoms uh, up. Came like, out in 1984. Yeah, so. that sounds about right. So yeah, Ghostbusters almost didn't make the uh, the final cut, but made it past the chopping floor and got there eventually. Just imagine, like, Ghostbusters. 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 See, I couldn't even like do it. anything else. Yeah. But see, if it would have been that, we wouldn't have known any of the other. Yeah, we would have said the same thing about Ghostbusters. Yeah, you could so. ask the same question and be mm-hmm. like, oh, Ghostbusters? Yeah. Like, who would call yeah. it that? Right, exactly. What kind of idiot came up with that? But Yeah, it's always been Ghost Zingers. What, yeah. do you mean? <laughs> what was he smoking? It's always been Ghost yeah. Lovers. What do you mean? <laughs> ghost Lovers? <laughs> okay, dude. Just completely different theme. <laughs> yeah. Dan Aykroyd's just silly. <laughs> Well, there's a deleted scene where Dan Aykroyd pretty much gets a blowjob from a ghost. So, I mean, fits the criteria. Is it the slimy one? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, jeez. It's pretty much like the scene. It's the big, it's the, uh, like, marshmallow guy. <laughs> Stay puffed marshmallow <laughs> Yes. Guy. I'm pretty sure, that I, I don't think I've seen it, but it, like, this scene specifically, but I'm pretty sure it's just, like, a bump under the covers that went up towards his, like, crotch area. <laughs> like, you see his face be like, oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> the thing is that... <laughs> At the time, it'd probably just be rated PG. So. Yeah, exactly. No one would care. Yeah. So yeah, just fits the bill. Just a little bit, of, a little just bit of ghostly head. Air it. Yeah. <laughs> How was that head last night? Was it saintly? No, it was ghostly. <laughs> Ironically, got it from a headless ghost. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Classic. This is the ep- yeah. <laughs> All right. This is gonna be the episode of puns going forward. We're gonna make as many puns as possible. I think we're off to a pretty good start. Well, the previous 37 <laughs> hey, this episodes. One, this been. is going to be specifically torturous to listen to. <laughs> That's actually the spooky part. Wow. Right? Yeah, right. <sighs> All right, Ted's. What do you got for us? All right. Well, uh, I guess this one's a little bit different. Uh, I just went with who was the first person to orbit the Earth. I have A, Yuri Gagarin, B, Neil Armstrong, C, John Glenn. Or D, Valentina Tereshkova. Oof. It was a Yuri. Yuri Gagarin. I also am inclined to say Yuri Gagarin, but I think I'm going to go with D. I don't remember the Va- name. Valentina Tereshkova. Tereshkova. And <laughs> Evan was right. Dang yeah. I'm I, so sorry, Jacob, but I'm glad confident. you picked something different. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was pretty sure it was Yuri Gagarin, but I was like, ah, I got to change it up. Very Cheers, happy Brando. I went first. Yeah, that's how you get it done right there. 
sometimes you just got to go against the grain. Well, that's the thing. Like, you don't want to be that guy, but sometimes you just got to be that yeah. guy. Mm-hmm. Just the way of the world, you know? This is true. All right. Well, now that we got that out of the way, it's time to officially get spooky. Ooh. I feel like we should turn the lights down because okay. the lights are very bright. Um, <laughs> yeah. You're literally the closest I know. One. I don't know which button to press that doesn't turn them off. So. All right. While Evan does that, Teddy, are you prepared to get scared? I'm always prepared to get scared. All right. Well, actually. Ooh, those lights, dude. Is that too low? No, that should be perfect. Now nah, you just set the tone. Um, If you guys don't mind, I, I would. Like we need the, I feel like we need the candles going again. <laughs> but we don't have time to get 17 candles again. Yeah. The first gem's a horror just for like behind. Oh. Behind the gems. <laughs> it smelled so weird down here. Yeah. Oh, had... you're burning 17 candles? Yeah. All and they were ranged scents. from like white beach sand to like pumpkin's butt. <laughs> to like lavender. Okay, that is fantastic. It was all so... scented candles? Yeah. We got it. Oh, dude. It's like Oof. apple cinnamon, like yeah. every other f- flavor. It smells like a unicorn fart down here. Yeah. Just walking like outside after recording that. Oh, that's what air is. Yeah. <laughs> the airiest air. Well, before we officially get into our topics, I'd like to start off by reading a creepypasta that I wrote the other day. It's a short one, but I hope you guys think it's somewhat spooky, if you guys would allow me. So, the first ever J-Shop original. It is. Ooh. Being read. All right, so I named this my new friend, and here we go. I've never seen his face, but I've heard his voice. He keeps me company. It's been a while since I've seen daylight. The guards bring me food once a day, but I have to scramble to find it in the dark. They don't seem to notice my guest. Only 18 more years and then I can leave. It was lonely until he started coming around. I take the button off my uniform. He throws it back across the room. Sometimes I lose it and I have to feel along the ground for it, but eventually I find it. I'm glad he's here. Every day before he leaves, he comes close and whispers to me, We'll be together for a long time. Only 18 more years. Duh. (laughs) I'm just trying to soak it all in. (laughs) Good. Uh. (laughs) I'll take it that it was decent. Uh, Yeah, my pasta is severely creeping. (laughs) Chilled to the bone. (laughs) As promised. I'm sorry. At first, when you said he whispers in my ear, I just... You were it, immediately thinking of... Hey, come here, little hey, mama. Hey, little, <laughs> hey, little mama, let me whisper in your ear. <laughs> nice. But anyways, I just figured I'd start off the creepiness right off the bat with that. So hopefully, I like it a lot. Hopefully I, everyone I out there enjoyed it. Very Brandon, nice. is it a is it a thumbs up? Oh, yeah. I no, got the Brandon seal of approval. Good. All right. Man, it's good. I get booed. You get the <laughs> All right, Evan. Well, <laughs> this is probably how, like, if we ever do, like, a live studio audience, I can definitely see myself getting booed and you and Mark being, like, just getting all the praise. Like, yeah. <laughs> We're encouraging them to boo you. Right, That's yeah. fantastic. <laughs> all right. Do you want to present your side of the story first? Sure. All right, yeah. Cool. So, yeah, for this, we kind of just left it open-ended. We just mm-hmm. decided pick something that you think is spooky and run with that and present it as you see fit. So we'll see what Evan's got for us. Yeah, so today for the audience and for the audience meeting, Brandon, who's sitting next to me. (laughs) Yes, Brandon. And for you two gentlemen and for those listening at home, we're going to be talking about the spooky origins of Halloween. Interesting. As well as the Hell Cave 
which was the barrier between Ireland and the underworld. I like that. That sounds fantastic. That sounds pretty cool. <laughs> and I know I need to uh, give proper credit. Um, so after our, well, one, all of my sources are uh, National Geographic and History.com. But this idea came to me um, after our my trivia question last week where I talked about just the origins of Halloween and how it was in Ireland. Uh, my brother Eric actually sent me a link of the National Geographic link that I'll be using as a reference today. And I told him that. I would be, you know, presenting this on our on our podcast. And he's like, you better give me proper credit. <laughs> it's like, okay, sorry. Yes, older brother. <laughs> Shout out, Eric. Something's never changed. Yep. This is your official Gems of History. Shout out. Yeah. <laughs> woo, 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 woo. Except make it look spooky. I don't know how to make that spooky. It's very uplifting. Deep voice. Deep voice. <laughs> yeah, how do you make a woo? Woo, 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 woo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, are you all ready to travel 10,000 years in the past? Yes. As ready as I'll ever be. <laughs> it's cold. Ireland in the fall is usually cold, but a certain chill is shaking the night tonight. It's the first day of Samhain. As farmers and herders, we have spent the last few months getting ready for the harvest, which we have recently just gathered. We now gather together for the annual Samhain festival to thank our merciful gods and to usher in the dark part of the year. I don't want to stop you, but I think it's pronounced Samhain or Samhain. It is Samhain. Yeah. I just said it wrong the first time. I was going to roll with it. Okay. <laughs> nice correction. Hey, I'm just here to, to help out. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, so, someone else is going to correct yeah. us. <laughs> The silent procession in which we enter the cave is suddenly broken by the high druid priest. While he addresses the crowd, the spark is set to the community fire, using the wheel that reminds us of the mother sun. Are you guys ready to hear some authentic Celtic, or not Celtic, uh, old Irish? I absolutely like am. Old, like, old Irish. Just lay it on me, I'm ready. Elim Aith Nairn. Ermak Mor Motak. Mese Okis Pangarban. Sektar Nathar Free Saindan. Bith Amenma Sam Free Silig. Mu Menma Sain I'm Sankerd. There's a couple times in there where I thought you were speaking like an Asian dialect. Yeah. <laughs> Fun fact that's literally just a poem about a, a guy talking about his cat and how great his cat is. Interesting. <laughs> nice. Someone come back, like comes back. He's like, "Oh, dude, you pronounced that all wrong. This is how you're really supposed to pronounce." And he does it perfectly. Oops, my bad. Oh man, blowing up my spot. Yeah. <laughs> After the wise priest finishes his powerful words, dozens of sheep and cattle are brought into the temple, ready to make the ultimate sacrifice for their trusted owners. A righteous slaughter begins and won't end for the next few hours. Blood everywhere, the smell of flesh burnt to ward off evil, fills the air. We each gather lit wood, coal, and ash from the great communal fire and bring it back to our own burrows, where it shall burn through each home in our community for the next two days. With the ceremony complete, we now assemble as a united village, 
each with ale in hand, to celebrate a bountiful harvest for the duration of the festivals. Despite the words being spoken and blood being spilt, we all still have an uneasiness, an apprehensiveness to let our guard down completely. It's that cave. The cave and the demons that live there. They are the ones that rule the night. So that was actually just the story, just a quick glimpse into what the actual Sam, let me go back and check how it's pronounced, <laughs> Samhain, Samhain festival uh, was celebrated. So it's an old Irish festival, and again, this is basically what built what we know as Halloween today. So a little bit different from just getting candy yeah, and dressing up as like, Oh, a firefighter. Yeah. <laughs> you or Spider-Man with a freaking jacket on in the yeah. middle. <laughs> so your mom doesn't yell at you? Yeah, right. When you said you're, uh, like, the whole thing about them being scared of the demon in the cave, I was just imagining, like, a Scooby-Doo monster. <laughs> like, yeah, it's the creeper. Just, like, a guy in a skeleton suit yeah. that just hangs out there. It's actually just the guy in the Goonies. That <laughs> was... <laughs> Hey, you guys. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah. Get out of my cave. Oh, nice. I guess it's Irish, so get out of my cave. <laughs> Give me back me lucky charms. Yeah. <laughs> lucky charms Every guy. single time. So like I mentioned, it's an old Irish festival that was celebrated roughly. So this is where the history or historians get a little de- get into a little bit of a debate. There's evidence that was for sure celebrated 2,000 years ago. Uh, but there's also evidence that may link it to close to like 10,000 years ago. That's kind of a decent time jump. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's all 8,000 years. Right. Yeah. I mean, just round up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, this very much ris- ritualistic and pagan, which if, you, if you're not familiar, pagan just means non-Christian uh, festival, um, was funny enough, it actually would become what we know as Halloween. And this festival was the most important of the four fire festivals. Firefest? Firefest, yeah. Complete disaster. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that were celebrated by the ancient Irish, and it marked essentially the end of summer and the harvest, because everyone was either a herder or a farmer uh, in Ireland back then, or I guess you can say warrior, but they kind of had to do a little bit of both. Uh, just with population, there weren't enough numbers to just have warriors and just have farmers. And it was basically a celebration to welcome in the great time of darkness, which is how they refer to as winter. Winter's coming. Essentially. (laughs) (laughs) So like I read in kind of that little description of what the actual festival felt like, entire villages would gather together and sacrifice tons of livestock, ranging from pigs, uh, sheep, Oxen, probably not oxen, I don't think those are in Ireland, uh, cows, and all get thrown into community fire, which is kind of where we talked about last week, where the origins of bonfire come from. So it used to be called bonfire because it was just filled with the bones of a ton of dead little goats. Sure. Mm. It's still way more metal than the word bonfire. Oh, very much so. And like I mentioned before during the story... And I found it pretty interesting. Just these big community fires were just started by giant wheels that just kept on making friction and friction and friction and friction until it actually started the really? fire. Really? 
Yeah. That's kind of cool. That's like yeah. some caveman stuff right there, friction only. Exactly. Yeah. It's like the caveman invented the wheel just to make fire. Yeah. <laughs> you want to use this for something else? Nah, this will work just What fine. else could we possibly need this yeah, for? Yeah, this, this is a dumb invention. Yeah, shut up and carry the 60-pound rock over there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> On your back. Work as hard as possible. Yes. Make sure to use only your back. And yeah. Don't, yeah. No legs. don't no lift legs. with your legs. Yeah, the key to this is you want to lift with your back, not your legs. Yeah. <laughs> Twisting, jerking motion. <laughs> uh, and this giant wheel was their representation of the sun because, as we know with other uh, ancient cultures, the sun kind of played a mother god it's a source of life it is Mm -hmm. and now after the sacrifices the participants would actually take a piece of this big huge communal fire that would happen in let's call it like the town hall like their version of a town hall usually a temple built on a hill so it was Um, indoors that they did this in or was it like outside village square i guess it kind of depended i saw several pictures where it did happen indoors and there was just cut out roof oh imagine like an open dome like a giant skylight kind of thing yeah or it did happen either in caves or it actually happened just you know in the middle of sure open area in the village sure uh but they would take like let's just picture like a bucket of the ash the coal whatever and they would take it back to their own homes because what would always happen uh just during the harvest time the fires would always, like in their own homes would always burn out and they were told to just basically leave them out until this huge fire came and then as a community they would reignite the fires in their homes to brace for again that dreaded long winter sure so it was very symbolic and this was also a mandatory like a mandatory festival like everyone in a village had to be there it's like a field trip yeah. basically you, yeah. you get school day off do you um, gotta, need a note? Yeah, I got a runny <laughs> nose. I'm not gonna make it to the festival. Today. <laughs> They're like, no, no, no. Mask up and get your ass yeah. to a big bonfire. <laughs> Instead of wearing costumes to class, you just don't have class, and you get to throw sheep in a fire. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, I could live with that. Um, and this festival lasted typically three days and nights, so it did always happen on October 31st. Oh, and interesting. In Ireland, you can just imagine everyone's probably hammered the whole time. Oh, oh dude, you betcha. Without question. Yeah, that would oh, be, yeah. I want to do this so bad. <laughs> you just take time off work. Like, why? Well, I was celebrating the ancient Irish. <laughs> it's Samhain. What do you mean? Yeah, right. Yeah, what do you mean? Didn't you know? <laughs> I kind of go throw my... My relative's sheep in the fire. Yeah, you don't <laughs> celebrate that? Really? You know, why can't you make it to work? Well, I gotta go throw a cow in the I fire. Go, ah! I have to go light a fire with two wheels, throw up a sheep in it, and then throw fire in my fireplace. Right. Okay, that is fantastic. <laughs> so, like I mentioned, this, this was a mandatory celebration, and each family had to present themselves to either the king or the chieftain that was overseeing the village. And failure to do so was believed to result in punishment uh, from the gods, such as illness or death. So if you put your mind in someone 10,000 years ago, if you fail to do this, you might bring illness to yourself, which by extension would bring illness to the village as a whole. So as a community, they just made it very mandatory. It was very implied that everyone would be at this festival. Yeah, it was basically like, if you're not doing this for yourself, just do it for us. Because right. otherwise, we're all fucked. Yeah, right. That's cheap hmm. insurance right there. Just show Weird. Up. Uh, that, okay. that, 
I, f- I feel like I've, that... things haven't changed in <laughs> 10,000 years. <laughs> uh, there was also a military aspect uh, to the festival. So entire holiday thrones would be prepared for commanders of the soldiers or like those kings, those chieftains out of bones. Interesting. A bone throne? Yeah. <laughs> okay, get out of here. That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome, though. Welcome That's to the bone I want zone. a bone throne. Like, bone zone. <laughs> and it's actually just that, like, wrestler in the first ever Spider-Man. Yeah. Like, bone song. <laughs> <laughs> it's just What's your name? Throne. Spider-Man. The chief from 10,000 years ago is in a bone saw uniform. <laughs> He's in an octagon. Yeah. <laughs> The cage is made of bones. Yeah. <laughs> There's a huge fire around the door. Yeah. Oh, I want to see this now. Yeah. Should we just delete this and make our own like short story or film series? This could be our first entrance in the TikTok. If anyone's got a ton of bones that they want to submit to the podcast so we can build a bone octagon. Uh, <laughs> bone throne? Uh, I don't want them sent to my house. Yeah. <laughs> they can go to your place. Send them to my place. I'll do it. Yeah, you can send them to me or Teddy. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just not handy enough to uh, build an octagon of bones. <laughs> My neighbors Hand up, me. I guess. <laughs> you just see me in the backyard just building a platform of bones. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? Oh, it's building my bone octagon. Yeah. <laughs> the neighbors, man, that that shop kid is just weird. <laughs> Something off about that guy. They haven't figured that out already? That's their problem. Same. So in addition, anyone who committed a crime or even used their weapons... During the celebration, faced a death sentence. Yikes. Typical 10,000 years ago. Yeah. Right, just so standard. They were trying to steal their axes and knives even back then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, oh, nothing. Okay. Uh, I thought it was He's funny. thinking about it. So, uh, some documents that were recovered by historians and archaeologists mentioned that this festival may have actually... Consisted of six full days of drinking alcohol to excess. Weird. Typically, took Wisconsin the form... never does that. Never, ever, ever, ever. I've never been drunk once. <laughs> <laughs> never. Consecutive days? Forget about it. Yeah. Uh, and these drinks would typically be mead or beer and go along with gluttonous feasts. Have you ever had mead before? Can't say I have. I'm just thinking of that Bud Light commercial, dude. That Bud Light commercial? Yeah. Very, very well. I will try you all mead. Oh, yes. like, that's not of. I went to a buddy's house, and we had this little thing that we would do every year. It was like maybe three years that we did this in a row, and we called it Balcony Fest just because our friends lived on the second floor oh, and had nice. a balcony. And we would play like beard arts out on the balcony and stuff, and one of our friends brought mead for one year. And our uh, one of the guys held it up drunkenly he was just like mead it's honey wine from the ancient times yeah. <laughs> and then proceeded to just chug a bunch of mead oh, dude. and i tried it and it was not good dude that is that's not sending it yeah well, i don't know what it and is. then he threw like an entire bag of pretzels off the balcony he probably had a fun night oh it was a great time i was laughing very hard <laughs> wait but, shoulder laugh quality oh yeah nice <laughs> fun night terrible morning <laughs> It wasn't my problem, so. I can't imagine how bad alcohol had to be back in the day. Yeah. Or maybe not bad, but just different. No, it had to be bad. Yeah, I I just feel like it was probably so much weaker back then. Because, like, they didn't have the... Really? I've had this 
this debate with myself. Like, I don't know whether it was, I don't. You're know. just in the mirror, like, no, listen here. Yeah. You don't know about See, the distilling the, process. I don't know if they would like if it would be stronger or weaker because they don't really know how to distill it properly. So I don't know if they'd be able to extract as much like of the actual alcoholic property of it, or whether it would just be so just like so concentrated that it'd be stronger. I've never looked into it, and I probably <laughs> I probably could and figure it out, but I don't know. I still think it might have been stronger. It would still taste terrible. Oh, I honestly can't imagine it being good. But then again, Belgian monks still make beer probably the same way they did back then, and their beer is fantastic, and it's my dad's favorite beer. Hmm. So maybe they just had it right from the beginning. I don't know. That's right. That is probably the only beer I've ever paid like $12 for yeah. at that bar. So I don't know. That's interesting. It was I, no Miller Lite. I feel like, dude, I feel like it would be like like this this little wooden bucket like sitting in the corner of this shitty little house. <laughs> and there'd be like freaking green and water just sitting there like, oh, well, looks like Papa needs a drink. So you just kind of take a scoop of that. Yeah, and, like, and that's that's it. Like, and there's that, like actual yeah. like floating particles. It's in like, it yeah, it, it just it just looks terrible. But dude, when in, in 10,000, you don't care. It's just like, that's it. Like, yeah. that's what you got. You just run with it. So right. confuse it for the pee bucket. Like, well, yeah, <laughs> like. I would definitely be more of a wine guy back then than I would yeah. be a beer guy. I, think. Oh, I don't absolutely. think you care. You just kind of take what you can get. Yeah, literally. That's literally anything. Yeah. I take what I can get. You Am figure. I alive? Yes. Okay, good enough. <laughs> I mean, you're talking to two guys that, well, specifically you brought cases of Red Dog to parties back in the day. Oh, <laughs> respect. Beast Light, Red Dog. Oh, dude, I got, ow, ow. I've got a bunch yeah. of Keystone Ice in my mini fridge at home. So That's literally whatever from the you bottom hand, of the barrel. Yeah, whatever you hand me, I'll take. So I'll show up with some Keystone Ices next time I come over. All right. So like I mentioned before, the actual entrance into hell for the Irish, it was at a cave known as, oh, this is going to be a wow. No, you got 100% have faith in you. Owai Nagat. Perfect. What is it, Jake? I don't know. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> there's, sound, a... there's, there's a couple syllables in there that sounded questionable. Yeah, some hard syllables, but just run with it. I'm glad I only have to do it once. <laughs> just call it the cave. That works. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to yeah. make you repeat it. The O cave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So this was the entrance into the demon-filled underworld. It is actually the birthplace of where the ancient Halloween festival you know, happened. Uh, apparently, every I'm just so thrown off by like what the pronunciation. Let me back up a second. Sawin. Okay, you like broke my mind. <laughs> it's like saw and win put together. I know. Now I just have bone saw in my mind. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you're over there and I'm not because it would be even worse if it was me, dude. <laughs> oh man. So every Sawin, they. <laughs> you're coming with me. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the Irish believed uh, that the invisible wall that separated humans from demons, fairies, and yes, even the lucky leprechaun mm. would break down and those gobbly ghouls would all escape for a time being. This is what led the Irish to obviously do the entire festival, but also dress as monsters or animals and leave offerings on the outskirts of their villages to ward off these hell creatures. That's really Sound cool. familiar to you? That's really cool. So maybe it was just like trick the or guy, treat. The guy that got a trick or treat for demons. Yes. <laughs> maybe Can the, you like, imagine <laughs> trick, or, 
trick or treat, but it's just the ghost from Insidious. <laughs> <laughs> but my theory about it being a Scooby-Doo <laughs> character is kind of coming true here because if you got exiled from a village and went to go live in this cave and then people just left a bunch of shit outside the village and you could just go take it, hey, I'd, I'd live that life. I would definitely live that life. Yeah, might as well. Mm-hmm. No rules. All day, dude. <laughs> just get a bunch of free shit. Just say you're a demon. I mean, the rest of the year you. would suck. But, hey, yeah, but, but hey, you get those three days, but, dude. Yeah. Hey, late October, those early November, you, you're eating like a king. Yeah, you, yeah. you just have to be like, okay, you'd have to be responsible for like the rest of those like 11 months. And then this one month, you just get kicked out of the village, go to this cave, and then hang out there, and then go to a different village and repeat. <laughs> it's like when fall hits and that brisk weather comes in. I just think football season. This guy just thinks, I'm assuming it's just some dude. This guy's just like, man. Reboom, we're going to be eaten. Yeah, I, I can literally see a guy like walk, walking out of this cave. He kind of like does like the little shoulder shrug and a stretch. We're in like no clothes. Yeah, yeah. He's got an ancient robe on. Like, yeah. all right, it is that time of year. Uh, so back in the day, the local area was named Rothkragen and was actually the one of the oldest ancient, let's call it civilization, civilization slash kingdoms. Uh, and not a lot is known by it. Just a little sidebar. Not a lot is known about this ancient civilization because it's not designated as a dig site yet. Because it's what it is now, it's literally just someone's land. And they have cheap grazing on it all the time. Mm-hmm. And Ireland is actually working on making it like a UNESCO historical site to dig into it. Yeah. To find out more about you know all this different... I mean, this prime civilization that just could have ruled a majority of ireland back in the day and it's just not allowed yet but sure uh side tangent over but about three miles away is actually found a don't this monumental mound so where the actual sacrifices took place so that's where this entire story essentially comes from they just found a huge mound, which basically just looks like a hill from the pictures I saw. And when they started digging, all of these just random animal bones came in. Like, even dogs. Like, if you don't listen to the dog episode that I did, but <laughs> just to reference the dog episode, uh, some of the first examples of dogs, like domesticated dogs, came from Ireland. Um, so I just found that very interesting. Some of the actual specific demons now we'll talk a little bit about of the festival was a shape-shifting creature called a puka that receives harvest offerings from the fields. So he's the guy in the robe. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Once he has that robe on. Yeah, forget about anything. It's my time. His name was Puka. Puka. (laughs) Or he was just wearing a bunch of puka shell necklaces. (laughs) And that's why. Remember when those were popular? Back in like 2006. And Are they those were... those shell necklaces? Yeah. Aw, oh, dude, come on. Yep. <laughs> bunch of hemp rope with yeah, a bunch yep, of shells on it. Yep. Remember fighting necklaces? No. You don't? No. Oh, really? Maybe nah. that. Okay. Never mind. What no. were those? No. Really? None of you wore fightings back in the day? Oh, Thank yeah, you. Brandon to the rescue. Brandon has my back this time around. <laughs> no booze He's a time. guest. He doesn't count. Yeah. <laughs> oh, just, I'm so just many kidding, Brandon. Something <laughs> positive. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Kicks me out. You're right. 
What was the fight necklace? <laughs> Explain. So it's so you know how Brett Favre does those copper like armband commercials. Dude, yeah, him yeah, and Jerry yeah. Rice. How do they yeah. end up on the same football team? That doesn't make any sense. I don't know. Who picked those teams? Right. <laughs> Anyways, my but, bad. Uh, no, you're good. Um, a fight necklace was basically a scam. So once you were wearing it, you had better balance. And in addition, bracelets, yeah. yeah, I'm sure if I pulled up a what? picture, you I, definitely know. I, this does not ring a bell at all. It sounds you. like a scam yeah. and a half that 100%. a bro definitely bought into. It was like a $50 necklace that I paid. I'm like, oh, this is going to help my balance. <laughs> oh, dude, now As I I'm know what you're grade. talking about. Thank yep. you. Clicked no in my mind. Now I know what you're talking about. Yeah, and they look ridiculous. They're just... It's literally just a shoelace around your neck. A little bit tougher of a shoelace. Sure. But that balance, though. <laughs> oh, incredible balance. Remember yeah. those bracelets that people used to have where you would just like, whack your wrist and it would wrap itself around your wrist? Oh, and by extension, once those kind of die down, the... Uh... Oh, okay. I kind of remember what yeah, those are. Now. There yeah, there it is. Gosh. I never knew what they were called. Yeah. Fighting with a PH. Sure. <laughs> Fresh. Anyways. Moving on to demons. So in addition to the puka was the Lady Gwyn, who was a headless woman dressed in white, who chases night wanderers and was accompanied by a black pig. <laughs> so I'm assuming this lady without a head in a wedding dress was just riding a black pig into battle. <laughs> just chasing off some kids. I that's hilarious. <laughs> Next we have the Dulahan. Which are which sometimes appear as impish creatures, sometimes headless men on horses who carried their heads in their hands. I was gonna say I thought the headless horseman was technically Dulahan, so yeah, makes sense. Riding flame-eyed horses, their appearance was a death omen to anyone who encountered them. That's just like by far the most terrifying one. And like we like to say on the show, the most metal. Absolutely, the most metal. Dude, that made me think of Step Brothers. That didn't scare me. That made me think of stepbrothers. <laughs> Why did that make you think of stepbrothers? Where Dalen, where Dalen Brennan, like first become cool, and he's like, "We ride steeds, shooting majestic flaming arrows." Like that is what that made me think. I would of. ride into the fields of Avalon. With yeah, you, if that's, if that's what, what you're you saying. <laughs> and then just one story that they—I won't read the entire story, but one of the most popular stories that they would love to read around the fire during the festival was the Second Battle of Mog Tored which portrays the final conflict between the Irish pantheon known as the Duatha de Danann and evil oppressors known as the Fomor. And the myth states that the battle unfolded over the period of Halloween. Nice. Makes sense. Nice. So basically their version of heaven versus hell, like okay. the origin story. Okay. Huh. So to kind of wrap this up, Today, the actual entrance into hell that the Irish thought you know, existed uh, 10,000 years ago currently has sheep grazing over the top of it. It's very, it's not really that much of a historical site based on the pictures yet. Uh, but like I mentioned, they're working on doing that. And once it is a historical site, definitely want to hit it up. Hey, those sheep might be holding everything down. Maybe what? those are the actual demons. <laughs> and when Halloween comes. So you said now it's a mound. Yes. But it's a cave. There is a cave entrance. Under uh, this but mound. for the most part, it's all is... covered by like grass and sheep. You ever think there's a reason they covered it? 
Ooh. Not to blow your mind or anything, but there's probably a reason that's covered. Yeah, that's actually not a bad idea. I never really thought about that. Just, I just thought like, oh, I mean, something like that. Right. Like, that's that crazy, like that out there. Yeah. Like maybe no one was ever supposed to find that. Yeah, one person was just like, you know, we keep on slaughtering all these like sheep. We could just bury the cave. Yeah. <laughs> what if we take Bikini Bottom and push <laughs> it someplace else? Yeah. What if we just covered the cave? Dude, why didn't we do that like 2,000 years ago? Yeah. Genius, genius, yeah. genius. Classic. Um, so just real quick uh, to summarize. So it was Halloween, as we know today, was an ancient uh, Irish festival. And then once Irish settlers started coming to America, they obviously brought their traditions with it. Um, in the Middle Ages, it did get changed a lot by Christianity. I won't get into that. It changed into more. All Hallows Eve, and they stopped doing the you know animal sacrifices and all that. Thanks, Catholic Church. <laughs> <laughs> made it way less fun. Right. Yeah. Made it so much less spooky. Hey, but you don't have to buy a goat anymore or a sheep or a exactly. cow. Or, so <laughs> you don't have to just uh, sacrifice John the sheep. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but yeah, it came to America, uh, and then, of course, it just became into what we know it as today. Cool. It's kind of crazy to think how much went into what we know now is people dressing in costumes and going to get candy yeah it used to be people hiding from fairies (laughs) can't blame them those tricky fairies don't want to get bit don't want to get taken into hell that was the primary by the guy in his special robe yeah (laughs) (laughs) actually has his big stretch yeah oh big stretch yeah All right, that is classic. It's like 10,000 years ago. The guy still has to say that in like perfect modern English. Ah, uh, big <laughs> No accent. Yeah, all. nope, just perfect for that one little statement. That's all he needs. That's why they kicked him out the village also. Just doesn't speak you with the Irish witch. accent. Right. <laughs> What's that funny tone you have? Witch. witch. Yeah. Where did he learn this? I don't know. <laughs> Where'd he get that fancy robe? Yeah. I also don't know, but I know where he got that bone thrown. <laughs> I heard he won in the bone act again. Yeah. <laughs> He's got like a bone, like heavyweight belt on. <laughs> and like the little centerpiece is a skull. <laughs> it's like a goat skull. Yeah, that is so stupid, but oh, funny. That's funny. That is funny. All right. Well, Evan, that was really interesting. Very well done. Thank you. Now I'm ready to get actually spooked. All right. So my topic for you guys, I decided to watch a documentary called The Nightmare. And the whole premise of this documentary was to go into eight people's experiences with the phenomenon known as sleep paralysis. So for those of you that don't know, I will be explaining what sleep paralysis is in a moment. But I want to get my sources out of the way first. So my main source, as I just mentioned, was the nightmare documentary. Uh, I also used a small entry on WebMD and then another small article on the Journal of Royal Science of Medicine. But for those, it was pretty much just explaining what sleep paralysis is. The majority of this will be the experiences from the documentary. So sleep paralysis, according to WebMD, is a sign that your body is not moving smoothly through the stages of sleep. Uh, It's a feeling of being conscious but unable to move pretty much during the transition from wakefulness to stages and stages of sleep. People report being aware of their surroundings and technically awake, but being unable to speak or move. And sometimes that feeling is accompanied by pressure or like a sense of choking. 
I hate to interrupt, dude, but have you ever had that before? So I've, I want to say I've had like a very light sleep paralysis. So it wasn't a full sleep paralysis, but I was falling asleep one night and I had like woken up before I actually fell asleep. Yeah. But I heard a very loud like noise in my ear and I like woke up for maybe like three to five seconds and like couldn't move for that period mm-hmm. of time. But after that, I was fine. So it wasn't like a full on episode, Yeah, but I've had like a very minimal experience with it. Okay. I've, and like you said, I have had that happen before where I, it's not like yeah, a full episode. You literally like wake up and it's trippy because you can, you can see and you can hear, but like literally like you try and move anything and it's just, limp everything's limp and you're like panicking for a second like you can like speak a little bit like i know like one time i had that where like my brother was like i was laying on the couch and he was like laying on like sitting on the other side of the couch and uh i remember i woke up and i couldn't move so i'm just sitting there like kind of like move my eyes a little bit going uh, like hoping he'll notice me yeah and like no obviously you can't and then all of a sudden you know 10 15 seconds later you're like panicking and all of a sudden like all right like your body like yeah. gets back into it so yeah i uh, the one time that i had it was basically just like i hadn't opened my eyes yet but i heard it sounded like a rumbling of an earthquake basically really? in my ears. that's trippy yeah i heard that in my ears for like maybe like three seconds and then i opened my eyes and then it was like not even that long like it was maybe like the snap of a finger and then i was able to move again yeah but you did have that for like a couple seconds yeah. it was like dude you're trying to move and everything's just yeah stuck and i i, I did not like it i was oh, like i don't ever want to have this it's happen horrible. to me where it's like minutes long or like yeah. even like 30 a full seconds. episode like yeah, you like, said i can't never, i never that. want to experience that that's so terrifying i mean just like what we talked about before with just being obviously it's a little bit different but just being like restrained like in one of those straight jackets yeah. and just not being able to move that's legitimately terrifying yeah. you're helpless like as helpless as you can possibly yeah be. it's like not being in control of any of your faculties besides yeah. your sight it's, yeah. it's just like i don't know what i'm Sucks. doing here but in the documentary of the nightmare uh almost all of the people there's eight people that were interviewed and almost all of them also describe some type of tingling sensation as they wake up along with some sort of loud noise that range from the buzzing of bees to like a really loud washing machine noise to like yelling voices so like I said, where I heard like that yeah, earthquake sound, it was pre- it's pretty much something like that. But everyone kind of hears something a little different. It's similar where like the buzzing of bees is similar to like an earthquake or like ye- a ton of people yelling at once. Kind of, It's just like a bunch of staticky kind of sound, I feel like you could say. But what if the sound you hear is just the tiptoeing through? The that doos. would be the most terrifying thing in the world. Oh, wow. That's. And you can't move. All you can do is just listen. <laughs> Soak it all in. By time five, you're like, oh my God. Yeah, what is this? I get out of the damn tool. It, it's like, is this my alarm now? Like... Is this number eight or nine? I can't even I forgot how count. So that's pretty much what sleep paralysis as a physical phenomenon is. But uh, one thing that I wanted to kind of highlight was uh, so the first clinical description of sleep paralysis was published in 1664. So this has been around for near 500 years now and it was in a dutch physician's case history and was originally referred to as incubus or the nightmare so i think that's kind of where the nightmare documentary kind of got its name from and uh one other thing i wanted to highlight that i found in this article was in 1977 it was found that in there's various southeast asian communities where people were dying in their sleep at a rate of 
92 out of 100,000, which it doesn't sound like it's that bad, but that's still kind of a lot of people to be For dying just this specific thing. in their sleep. Yeah. And it was concluded that they were dying from what is known as, and this is fun now, sudden unexplained nocturnal death syndrome, which just means you can just die in your sleep. Nice. And not have an expl- explanation for it. Your heart just stops working. But dude, if, if everyone's got to die, I mean, that's not. That's it's not, not that bad, bad, bad because you're sleeping I mean, already. Okay. So. Yeah, yeah. If we're calling what it is, that's not the worst. I mean, no, it but, could be worse. But still, just the fact that there's something called sudden unexplained nocturnal death syndrome, and no one knows how to explain what like happens. It sounds like something out of SpongeBob. It, dude. it literally is like that's kind of terrifying. Yeah, but it's creepy. An acronym for you. Sons. Yes, yeah, that's right. what they call it in most of these articles. Well done. So, as I said, no underlying causes were ever found, but it was reported that a high number of these victims were experiencing sleep paralysis and believed that the nightmare spirit of their culture was coming to visit them at night. Ooh, I can't imagine what that bad boy looks like. I, I didn't write down the name of it, but it had like a weird name in the, the article. I wish I would have wrote, written it down. But Spooky McGee. But it reminds me of there's this, I think it was just a creepypasta that turned into a whole folklore thing called the rake. And basically it's just this creepy looking like hairless thing that sits on the end of your bed and has this real creepy face with like sharp teeth and stuff. And it'll just sit there and watch you. And you can, like, wake up and you'll see it, and you just can't do anything about it. And you're in, like, the sleep paralysis. Oh, dude, that? I'm sorry. That would suck. That'd be terrible. I can show you guys pictures after this about, like, what artist representations of the (laughs) ring looks like. It's terrifying. Well, all the, I mean, all these, like, old, like, lores and stuff like that, they usually come around from some kind of, I don't want to say fact, but. Yeah. It's something that very well could exist. Right. Especially if multiple people see the same Yeah, exactly. Image that just, like, like, legitimizes it. If it's oh, just one totally. person, like, he's nuts. But if it's multiple people, right. it's got to be maybe that, something. Well, Dude. that that goes back to the whole thing that we've talked about this multiple times. It was mostly on the earlier episodes. But it's, like, if enough people believe in a certain thing and, yeah. like, it, it pretty much they make it real. Yeah, even it's like if human it, psychology. Even if it's not a real thing, like per se it's not a physical thing that you can see and touch and feel if enough people believe that it's a real thing then it's going to influence others and pretty much make it real right like literally what i just talked about with a cave leading to hell yeah like, right. that's probably not saying that actually turned into a cave leading to hell but just it affects the population like but if that. yeah the whole population knows it is that right then that's just what well, it is I and mean, then something unexplainable happens like a kid just goes missing yeah well, i know exactly. something like went. that yeah. Then you have a, the cave. Then you yeah. have an explanation for it. So that's pretty much all I have on like what actual sleep paralysis is. And now I'm going to kind of go into a couple people from this documentary because I'm not. I don't want to go into all of them because it would take too much time. But uh, I'm going to go into two specific ones. Uh, there's a man named Chris and then a man named Forrest who I'm going to go into. And Chris's sounds genuinely, absolutely terrifying. And so does Forrest. So Forrest also sounds like it has some like funny aspects to it. So I, I put that one last just as like kind of a palate cleanser. Nice. <laughs> so his his sleep paralysis demon is just like Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What's the What's deal? What's the deal <laughs> with all this paralysis? This so bad. <laughs> What's the deal with you not moving? What's the deal with you, you not getting any? Should I? Literally, my audio has never been louder. Just looking at <laughs> looking at the blurbs on my computer screen, it's literally just like huge, like not even just ripples. It's just 
loud. Thank Dude, God. half those are probably my laugh. You're <laughs> welcome. <laughs> Thank God for compression. All right. So I'm going to go into Chris, Chris's experience first. So uh, this man named Chris reported that his experiences with sleep paralysis started when he was pretty young. And it was probably, I think it was probably like seven or eight, maybe a little older than that when he first experiences. But uh, what he said that at the time his bed frame had broken and he had boxes of Beanie Babies that were underneath his bed. And so pretty much the, the bed was laying on top of those boxes at this point. They didn't fix the frame yet. And the way he described it was that his bed was able to kind of pivot on top of those boxes. So depending on where he was laying, it would pivot in a certain direction. And so the first time that he experienced it, the way it was set up was that the foot of his bed was dipped down and the head was raised. So basically his feet were lower than his head and his head was looking straight at the doorway to his bedroom. Oh, so good time to have your first experience. So on this particular night, uh, he woke up and couldn't move and said that all of the darkness in his room looked as if it was moving and looked as if it was alive. So what? all of the all of like the shadows in the corners and everything Dude, were like that is warping and moving around. And while he was looking around and trying to figure out what was going on, he looked back to the doorway and noticed there was a shadow man in his doorway. Uh, so amongst all the moving darkness, there's this still darkness that looks like a the, guy. He said basically it was a black silhouette of a person, but like 3d it had depth to it that is trippy as hell so imagine i don't know if you guys are going to know what i'm talking about but there's these metal cutout signs that people put in their lawns and it's basically just a a cutout of a person that's like a two those i've been freaked the hell out by those so many times. yeah so imagine that but it's it has has the physical depth of a human but it's all black that's nuts uh so he described it and this is it sounds so trippy and i don't even want to imagine what it actually looks like from his point of view but he said it was more shadow like than an actual shadow so i don't know how i even want to imagine what that looks like but it sounds awful like the blackest black of and and like as, yeah like I, I can't I imagine, like, the way i imagine it is like the edges of it are like sh- like almost flowing like shifting like hazy kind. almost yeah. that's I'm literally like closing my eyes right now. I still can't even picture what this dude's. Dude, can you imagine that? Like, where you, if you were in that chair tilted back and you couldn't move, and the room is literally, yeah, and, and there's a three dimensional, yeah, freaking black shadow guy standing right at your door and shadow man, yeah, and you guys. can't move. You just gotta watch it and take it. Yeah, and wow. He he just he said that the first shadow man that he saw was the wearing, first one. Was, oh, oh, was my wearing God. a hat. And this shadow man with the hat is a reoccurring thing in most all of these people's sleep paralysis. It's a common theme, and I don't know how that all connects to each other, but some of these people are from, like, the UK. Some of them are from America. But they see the same but guy. a lot of them describe seeing the shadow man with the hat, and they just call him the hat man. Oh, my God. You know what? When you were just talking about those two-dimensional signs, there's like the one that leans against the post, yeah. and he's got the hat on. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking yeah, of. I don't know if that's like it looks where that it, came exactly from. like that's that. what that is. Yeah, it's almost okay. it's like almost like exactly that. That might be where it came yeah, from, for so, all I know. So, yeah, he described one as the hat man, and then following him, it just looked like basic figures of people that were just black, just 
no hats or anything. You couldn't tell like any clothing or anything they were wearing, but they followed the hat man in as almost as if the hat man was their leader. And that's what everyone says is that the hat man is always the one that is in front. And these people, the other ones come from behind him or like are always following him. So picturing it's like the hat man's in front and he just leads in like a group of people. He like basically guide. basically he walks in and then the other shadows come out from behind him. Ah, uh, I don't love that. So this first experience when he was a kid, he said they came into his room and really didn't do anything other than just walk around, which in and of itself is terrifying enough. And then when he like finally like woke up, they were gone. Yeah. Everything was back to normal. So that was his first experience. And he uh, I'm obviously he had more going forward in his life. And I wrote, I just made note of some of the worst ones that he had talked about. And one time he had a really bad experience. He said he woke up for, and had an episode of sleep paralysis. And basically, he woke up and couldn't breathe because his body wasn't breathing on its own. And he had to literally focus and tell his own body to breathe. Otherwise, he would have choked and died <laughs> because his body was having such a reaction to it. So it's not only... This is kind of where that whole sons thing came in that mm -hmm. I thought of. It's just like if you're having sleep paralysis and your body is literally shutting itself down and you have to physically make yourself do basic bodily functions. like the like like an ultimate like defense mechanism where it's like, all right, we're just it's like contained to ourselves yeah. as we could possibly be like. Exactly. I don't even know how to really like describe that. I thought that was just. That's like weird. I mean, unless you experience it, it's it's hard to really like think about what that would be. It's like very simple, but so scary. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I wouldn't want to experience it. Never. But uh, he talks about seeing the movie Insidious, and I don't know if both of you have seen oh, the movie Insidious. Been a long time. If you have this, why are you watching scary movies? <laughs> so he was watching the movie Insidious, and there's a scene where the father—I don't remember if it's the first one or the second one—but basically, the father enters the dream realm by astral projection and it shows his physical body while he's still in the physical realm and basically he starts twitching and like his head starts moving around and like chris said that that was the best way that he had seen a physicalization of what it feels like while you're in sleep paralysis basically you're trying to flail as much as you can but you are physically not moving but that's what it feels like so <laughs> No thanks. But uh, he said one of his worst experiences occurred after he had woken up from a dream. And the dream he described as being immersed in like this vivid dreamscape that looked kind of like an unfinished construction project. And a lot of the corners and edges were all sharp and square. And so he started walking around and he ran into this childhood a friend of his that was still in their childhood form. And was with, the, wait, was this was this guy like dead or like the his friend? It was just a friend he knew when he was younger. And it was just the childhood. It was like of this the, kid. It was literally the childhood version of him. Yeah, that is very, very, very weird. So he saw this childhood friend, and he was with this other guy, and he described this other guy as being this like large, scary-looking guy that he had never seen before. And so his childhood friend pointed at Chris. And turned to the scary larger man and said that Chris was the man that this guy was looking for. Ooh. 
And so then the childhood friend ran off and left. And it was just Chris and this large dude. And the larger guy looked at Chris and said, you know me. You, you definitely know me. You know who I am. And as he said this, the dream started collapsing around him. And that's when he had his, like, wake up. But he woke into sleep paralysis, so not technically oh, a full wake up. that sucks, <laughs> dude. So, so the dream collapsed. He woke up into the sleep paralysis. And as he woke he saw what he described as a metal claw and it, he said it it resembled kind of like the claw games like that three or yeah, four yeah. pronged claw but it was sitting at the foot of his bed basically and it was coming up towards his body and basically just started attacking his body and like clawing at his body and specifically moved right into his genitals and just started like attacking and clawing and you're and, in sleep paralysis you can't do can't anything about it and he said when he fully awoke and could actually move, he could still feel the pain from what he had just experienced. So it was real. So it was physically hurting him at this point in a way that he couldn't explain. Wow. So that that's what he said was the worst experience because it was physically like he felt things. But this last one is what was probably the scariest representation that they showed in the documentary because the uh, way that this documentary was kind of set up they basically recreated these with like visuals. Sure. And they, they had guys in like the black morph suits that would come yeah. into the room and stuff. <clears throat> and so this last one was the most scary in that aspect. Can we back up? I just have one question. What do you think? Because like you said, he had physical pain after dealing with being clawed in the genitals. Outside of something paranormal happening, what could even be related to? No, an explanation to that because if you're in sleep paralysis it's not like he's hitting himself or something like that see there's there's a phenomenon that i i did not research this at all but i believe that it's called like phantom pains and basically it's when oh. your body makes itself believe that it should be feeling a certain phenomenon in a certain sure, area yeah, of that's your body. very common with you know like people who lose a limb yeah exactly so like it, yes it, exactly if you lost an arm or something and you would have like moved yeah. your arm in a way that it would have hit you would still feel that sensation mm -hmm. i feel like it's something similar to that where it would just be you're seeing this physical reality what you believe is a physical reality and it's sending signals to your brain telling your body i need to feel a certain sensation in this area because this is happening oh yeah that's absolutely true so i think that's probably what it was mm -hmm. but i've never really had a like anything happened to me where I've had an experience of that vivid where it's made mm -hmm. me physically feel the full front of a pain that isn't there. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it, I just can't imagine what that's really like. Honestly, the only thing that comes close is just when you think your phone vibrates and it's yeah. not, that's the only thing that I can semi relate to that. And it's not pain. So that's just, an insane existence to have. It, it, I cannot imagine what it was like to live. Because he's, he's literally had this since he was a child, and he's probably older than us, at least at the time this documentary aired. Do we have, like, does science have any drugs or anything to, like, help against this, battle against this? Not really, and I'll kind of go into that later. But okay. it, there's really just, he didn't have any answers. 
So as I said, this last experience is kind of the most terrifying, at least from the visuals that they like performed in the documentary. Ooh, that last one was really scary. It's, it, I'm not going to love this. I'm and, already and, calling it. And the thing with that one is they did show the visuals, but it was kind of quick. So it was like, okay. get in and out of it. But this last one, he talks about he had some friends over and they're all sleeping near each other. I don't know if it was in the same bed or in the same room or whatever. But he awoke and had an episode. And next to him on the side of the bed, he saw a figure that he described as being tall enough that if, like, for example, he just said this is an example, so I don't know if this was accurate. But he said, like, if the ceilings were eight feet tall, this figure was standing tall enough that it had to hunch. Dang. On this, underneath the ceiling. And it was all black as the other shadow figures were, but this one had glowing red eyes mm-hmm. and a mouth. Oh. Uh. And in addition to that, it looked at him as he was paralyzed and said, I know you. You know me. You're going to die. Fuck off. Are you serious, dude? And literally after he, the figure that he was seeing had said this one of his friends woke up screaming and she's he asked her like what was wrong and she said that she was having a dream that there was an all-black cat laying on her chest with glowing red eyes that was staring at chris and speaking in an unknown language dude I got goosebumps from that. That's I'm like really crying over there, here. Oh my that god, that is crazy. So not only is he seeing things now, but it's affecting other people that he's around near. him. Yeah. So they're both having like not exactly corroborating, but it's basically the same very, thing happening. Very, very, very close. That is just that is utterly terrifying to me. <laughs> but that just like legitimizes it exactly. Like if it's like if it's just you, it's like, am I crazy? And then if she says the same thing at the exact same time. That you're seeing this, that it's that's got to be legit. Yeah, it that doesn't has, just happen. It almost feels validating. Exactly. If, if I would actually, him. you would actually like the experience would be terrifying. But yeah, like yeah. further down the road, seeing that would be like, I'm not crazy. Like yeah. this is very real. Yeah, I'm actually experiencing yeah, this. This is very real. Oh, I'm not gonna. I didn't write this one down, but there's another guy that had an experience where it was basically like he just went to go lay down for a nap before he went out with his friends. And he did he? I'm sorry to interrupt. Was this guy like a sleep paralysis guy too, or yeah, it's just some? Okay. These, the, all these people have been experiencing okay. it for okay. a while, and so he went to go lay down. He was going out with his friends later that night. He just wanted to get a nap in, and he said basically he had a fake wake up where he thought his phone was ringing, and so in this experience that he was having, he answered the phone. And it was all like staticky, basically, and he couldn't really understand what the other person was saying. And he so he walked into another room. And like while he was in this other room, the signal finally cleared up. And he was like, who is this? Hello. I I wish I wrote down exact. I might have it in my phone of exactly what they said. But. Uh, let me just check real quick because it'll be more impactful if I actually yeah. have what they said. What have you guys ever seen? Oh, sorry. Said no, no, you're good. You're good. I was just going to say, have you ever seen Haunting in Pill House? Yeah. It's mm. the bent neck lady. Yeah. So, I mean, just for this isn't a spoiler. Also, 100% go watch that show. But there's a bent neck lady that haunts this girl that has sleep paralysis. And, I mean, it's 
it was terrifying to me when I watched it well, two years ago. I can't imagine I actually knowing the that. science behind in it. In the now. Haunting of Hill House, that one chick sees a hat man. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. He didn't need to hear Holy that. Shit. That's where. Holy shit. The, the, you've seen that show. That's yeah, exactly. The hat man. That's and it's exactly what you're describing. Almost oh, exactly. Okay. Except this, the one that the people are seeing in this documentary, he wasn't floating. He was just walking in. But it's exactly that. It's absolutely terrifying. But that show is so good. It is. Holy. I guess Whoa. I guess I don't know, but now I might have you to know. You need to watch it. <laughs> I need to know. Okay, so I, I found it in my notes. So he walked into this other room and was holding the phone, and the connection cleared up, and the voice on the other end asked him if he could do him a favor. And the the, the guy's name was Jeff. And so Jeff says, sure. And like, like, what do you want? And out of nowhere, the voice very loudly goes, let me in! <laughs> and then he threw his phone and broke it, and then, odd, like the whole surroundings, it felt like it was in an earthquake. Like all everything in the room started flying all over the place, and like everything was just freaking out. But like I can't imagine having that experience. Like literally, and then literally, like thirty seconds after that, like or not even thirty seconds, like after that earthquake experience, he woke up. And everything's all normal. And everything was fine. Like his, he had no missed calls, nothing, oh, dude. and it yeah. was literally like three minutes after he had laid down. Dude, that is, wow, that's horrifying. It's like go proceed with your day. That's how fast yeah, it can literally. happen. Yeah, literally, like, just time to go out get some drinks. Yeah, that yeah. is no, I'm I'm set. You're like, Ooh. you know what? I don't think I'm ever gonna sleep ever again, <laughs> ever. All right. Oh my god. And that's... the worst part about that, dude, that was just for a nap. Like literally, any time you sleep, yeah, right. this could happen any time. Literally three minutes. Oh, right. that is. Horrifying. Like laying down, the sun is just so bright in the room. Yeah, you could, dude, you could fall asleep on the beach, and that could happen. You're Can never you safe. And then all of a sudden, you're transported in the middle of the ocean. Yeah, um, literally, it could happen at any time. You are not safe. All right, so I hate that. A yeah. Lot. Well, we're here it's to spook, get worse. Here to spook you. It's so funny. Like the story that I gave was like. Just nothing. But, you're, but this is like it's like two different things though. It's like apples to oranges. This is like the background right. on like a holiday versus like these are like personal stories. I'm just picturing like like a picture of Kirby. That was <laughs> like just Kirby regular. Like that was my story and like my part. Yeah. You was like Kirby swallowing the monster from Insidious. <laughs> yeah. Transforms in the <laughs> All right. Well, the next one is from a man named Forrest, and this one is also terrifying but there's a couple things in this one that may literally made me laugh like during the documentary just because it sounds so ridiculous but it would at the time would be terrifying so Forrest said that literally his first memory that he can remember was when he was a little less than two years old and he remembers waking up in his crib and facing the window and at the end of his crib he saw two humanoid figures that he described as having skin that looked like television static what so Huh. I don't know how to imagine that being a thing. They, that is, they what? tried to they tried to show it in the documentary, and I think they did a, as good of a job as anyone could. Yeah, and the way that it looked was absolutely terrifying. <laughs> but, I can't imagine being the like the producer of that show. Yeah, and then he, he reads the script. It looked and like then fucking skin. what? <laughs> uh, what? <laughs> like, uh, it, like, but these this is the thing that like blows my mind about this it's like you're seeing such far-fetched ideas but it's 
manifesting in such a way that you can remember it's like it. no one just thinks of and this, you can remember like, it so clearly by yourself but yeah. no one else is going to know exactly what you're talking I, about. i know that's that's i mean it's not like the bad part about it but it's it's just no le- one's ever going to be able to do you justice it, as to what this actually yeah, it lends was. itself to being more terrifying in exactly my but he said they were tall and thin and had long fingers and the faces he said they were simple like it Imagine you just draw like an oval shaped face and then the skin was that television static, but the eyes are just like two black holes and the mouth looked like a large black void of a mouth. And that's all the faces were. And he said that when he was less than two years old, they would come into his room and tickle him and laugh as they did it. But oh. I mean, like, here's the thing, though, is like, I, I hate it. If you're oh. a little, if you're a little child at the time, though, it might just be like a thing you remember, but you don't think about it. But as you get older, then you realize, then you yeah. realize, like, um, wait a minute, that's yeah. not right. Like, that doesn't just happen. Like Stranger Danger, that was kind of yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was a little fucked. He, he, he didn't even offer me candy. Yeah. <laughs> and after like these encounters, he's he said his parents told him that he would repeat the word zines, like Z I N E S. And he has no idea what that means, but he would say that word over and over again, and he would refuse to sleep in his crib. Like, anytime they put him in his crib, he would throw an absolute fit until they took him out. So, that was his first experience and first memory that he remembers. So, that stinks. Terrible first, start to your life. That's terrible. I think my first memory was. <sighs> I'm not even, We're not even going to get into it. I was going to say, it, I'm not going to ask it you. Definitely, to it definitely wasn't that. I uh, no. So I think no. my first memory was honestly seeing the Grand Canyon when I was like four. <laughs> mine good. was fucking that's, that's, sick. That's, that's, that's awesome. pretty good. That's pretty a little good. better than his. Yeah, mine wasn't just fucking tickling statically static static ghosts. Yeah. So now him being older, he actually made a mask that he said kind of represented the face of the creatures that he saw. Uh. And I tried to take the best picture that I could during the documentary because he puts it on for a second. And it's an orange mask, so it's not like the TV static looking thing. But that uh, I'm showing it to the guys right oh, now. Dude. Uh, this is what he said it looked Screw like. And I, that. I'll send it to Evan so that he can post it on our socials. Oh, knock it off. And that's what's coming in and tickling so you that, with static bodies. That is what he said came into his room and started tickling him at night. So I, I will, I'll make sure to send it to Come Evan. Come on. And there were two of them? Two of them. <laughs> uh, and they don't go away, so that's fun. Um, so... Uh. He said that, like, when he would talk to people about his experiences, no one would really believe him as... No, as they wouldn't. Yeah, you can't really wrap your mind around something like that. And he said that his experiences really never stopped after that. So he said one night he was sleeping in bed, and this was when he was a little older, and he saw the shadow of a man outside his door, and at this point he could kind of hear whispers when he would have his episodes. And so... This one time, he remembers hearing someone outside of his door saying, Hey, Forrest, you're a winner of the Insect of the Month Club. We're sending a prize over now. And then while he was in sleep paralysis, a giant spider fell on top of him. Oh, oh dude. That is playing dirty. It's it just like, I No. I don't. It's it, got to be a spider. Can, it has to be a well, spider. And like the fact that you can hear this shadow person saying this to you, and then that happens. But that sounds like such a random way of like telling you that this is like coming your way. Yeah. Like that doesn't sound like something a ghost would say. It, right. it, exactly. It's like. And this is portrayed in this documentary. Yeah. Uh. It's terrifying. 
So I'm going to watch it tonight. <laughs> I, I watched this by myself right before bed. So that was fantastic. Fun. Um, but one time while he was watching TV, he was watching the, uh, the movie communion, which the movie communion is based on a book, uh, about an alien encounter. And I, I'm blanking on the name of the guy that wrote it, but, uh, Basically, he said he was in his cabin in the woods and he was visited by aliens and whatever. But in the movie, there's these orange alien creatures. And basically, he said, that's pretty much what I saw when I was younger. Oh, that's trippy. They looked like these like thin aliens with large heads, big black eyes, like your typical gray aliens. And you see that both TV static bodies and they're laughing and tickling you in your room. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't wish that Man. on my enemies. That would just be terrifying. It, yeah. Especially if he said it never stopped. Like these mm. this just keeps happening. And he said that his experiences would differ from like place to place depending on where he was when it happened. Like if he was at his house it'd be different. If he was at his parents' old house it'd be different. But they were consistent as to where he was. For I think for the most part, but like he never knew what it was gonna be. Oh, and I that's think even that worse. I think that's more terrifying that's even worse. than seeing the shadow men constantly. Because you know, I mean, oh my both of them would suck. Yeah. Both of them would suck oh, yeah. ass. Like, I'm sorry, but well, if you don't the, know what's coming your way. Yeah. One of the guys in the documentary said he saw the hat man and the same shadow man from Chris's experience. Yeah. And he said one night he, like, astral projected out of his body. Like, he could see himself sleeping. Oh. And he literally, this was the only, this was how he stopped his sleep paralysis experiences was he literally saw the, sh- the hat man in his room. Two more guys came out from behind the, the hat man. And he literally had to physically fight them as he astral projected out of his body. And eventually they just retreated back into the hat man. And then he just disappeared. And then he woke up. So did he like learn to do this where he's like, all right, I know like when I see this, I can like float out of my body and fight these guys. It just happened one night. And then he said that he was terrified because he's like, this just happened to me. My wife is sleeping next to me. If if they're here, I could theoretically it could happen to her now right so he said he just sat in bed awake all night like hoping that it didn't happen to her wow sorry might have missed that like what would happen to her like that the, the shadow men would go into her dreams oh gotcha so i that can't be a i don't know if that's a thing but like right? he had like the physical experience of seeing him and his wife sleeping and the, oh, the yeah. shadow man was in the room with them so theoretically if You've already had this happening to you. It's not that far fetched that you could just that it could easily he go pulls out a shadow gun and says, "We don't call shadow nine one one." This town, ta- <laughs> this shadow town, ain't big enough for the two of us. Oh, that is fantastic. Okay, it's I like believe Scooby-Doo. in God and Smith and Weston. It's like Scooby Doo. They jump into the Hat Man's arms and he runs out real quick. <laughs> They're like running into different doorways yeah, yeah. and then they finally come yeah, face yeah, to yeah, face. Oh my and god! Come together and go. Oh man, I mean, I had to shed a little light because that's fucking terrifying yeah that, yeah, would, that would be terrible and i i brought that up because now comes the part where i thought it was kind of funny oh, thank god so there was one time when he was revisiting his old home where his parents lived and he had an experience with sleep paralysis that was super clear and he awoke and couldn't move and saw this old man standing at the foot of the, the bed and right off the bat sounds terrifying but what he says <laughs> makes it kind of funny so this old man started kind of yelling at him and saying you just came all over your mother's sheets. You just masturbated on your mother's bed, you pervert. (laughs) (laughs) 
you horny little bitch. <laughs> wow. And I literally stopped. What I was, I was like taking notes in my phone as I was watching, and I literally stopped and like looked at the TV. I was like, what? <laughs> okay, so this is per- that was portrayed as well. <laughs> so there's, there's just literally this, just an old guy yeah, yelling. At I'm that. picturing, I'm picturing the actor that plays that old guy. Like, finally, my big break. I've been waiting for you this just one came for all over years. your mother's sheets. <laughs> But you know what? I, I don't mean, know why I'm giving him a book like a Brooklyn accent. That's like my you know, he's got the typical old man. Ooh, yeah, ooh. <laughs> like the really rest. Yeah, yeah, the old man. He but went the, through his like three quarters life crisis. Yeah, all right. It's like I gotta get a good acting gig, and they just portray him as ghostly grandpa number yeah. one. <laughs> all right, here's your lines, <laughs> Diane. Diane, quiet, quiet. This is my scene. This is my scene. <laughs> He's definitely drinking like a red dog too. Oh, house. dude, all day long. Oh yeah. But you know uh, what, dude? Like I can like, like when I see that, it's 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 funny. But at the same time, it's kind of like I could see this being like a a nineteen twenties some teenage kid gets oh. caught. Like I could like see this being like a uh, real like a real big guilt like trip. a real like a real thing. Like this was yeah. like an experience that happened to somebody, and this old guy is like being like re-portraying of this experience that happened to some guy like right. maybe there was some trauma to it yeah i mean I as, as like far-fetched as that might sound no i know like saying. it's like a replayed experience that's happening before i mean like someone saw the this ghost happen. that was trying to get him like no this one's just it worked a hundred years ago yeah, like, like, yeah, like, yeah he's like i've seen this one before I yeah, mean, hey this is one of my greatest hits yeah <laughs> in reality this would still be absolutely terrible oh, I, I i wouldn't want this if this happened wrong. like can't move can't speak there's an old guy yelling at you. It would still be scary. Yeah, and apparently there's just semen everywhere. Creek, cream <laughs> sheets. Out of all of them. <laughs> <laughs> out of all of them, that's not the worst. But he uh, but after he woke up, he like oh, no. remembered that guy's voice and he realized that it was the same voice from like his earlier ones with the shadow man and the spider. Mm. So it was the same person, like the same voice the whole time. And he just didn't realize it until it like physically manifested but after that that was kind of like the last real experience he talks about and he says he still has experiences he just didn't really go into detail on what they were hmm. so it, this is something that follows people it's like not easy to get rid of this if you can even get rid of it yeah and that's kind of what i'm going to talk about at the end here is like how to fix it quote unquote so there's like a lot of people that have found ways to quote unquote fix it and a lot of the times, it's something that happens while they're in sleep paralysis. Like I mentioned with the guy fighting the Shadow Men, I think that was kind of the end of his experiences as far as, like, while the filming went. Yeah. Maybe he still has them. I don't know. But there's another woman in there that said she had a sleep paralysis incident where she could hear footsteps and couldn't move, like she was laying on her side or whatever. And she could hear the footsteps and then feel someone get into the bed behind her. And, oh, and no. at first she was terrified because she'd had experiences with like a physical entity sexually assaulting her at night, which is terrifying, <sighs> but I'm not going to talk about that in detail because I've already talked a lot, but, uh, she said that this time it like the entity wrapped its arms around her and like spoke and said that it was her mother and said like, I'm here. I, I'm here to protect you kind Aww. of a thing. But that might, I I feel like if this thing had, if you've had this experience before where this thing comes into your bed all the time and it's like constantly trying to like take advantage of you. And then one time it's like, okay, no, don't worry. It's your mom. I'd be like, oh, this thing's full of crap. Like there's no way that this is. Mom, mom, why does it sound like you just smoked a 
hundred menthol <laughs> cigarettes. Yeah. Oh no, it's me, your mother. Don't worry. <laughs> or just goes behind her. It's like, hey, little mama. But she said, like, after that had happened, like, her sleep paralysis significantly lessened. Really? So okay. it was a positive experience. So, yeah. So, like, okay. that that's the main thing that people say is, like, they have some sort of experience where it triggers it not stopping completely for the most. Like, for most of them, I think it's just it, like, significantly goes away. It still happens every once in a while, maybe. But When you're in sleep paralysis, are you still in, like, REM? That's the thing. It's, like, you're in between REM sleep and awake. Okay, it's like so your body is pretty much in full system shutdown. Yeah. And your consciousness is still awake. So like you're dreaming but you're awake. So in Basically. these cases they're nightmares. But a lot of you you can actually like see. Right, right, you right, can right, see. right. But like you said right, from right. that one guy, like he's got the nightmare and then he wakes up into a real life where he can't move. Exactly. Yeah. Like so there's like phases to this almost. Yeah, but like the one time where it stops, like you have a positive experience. And maybe it's like the brain telling itself to Yeah, it, like, it, and it could be it could just be that. And it's I very think that's interesting. I'd and, be super curious to like see more research about this. And like the thing about it is the people in the documentary, a lot of them said like I went to go see people about this, like mm-hmm. doctors, like specialists and uh, like therapists. A lot of the times when they would bring it up, the doctors would like either like laugh it off and or say, know what they're and talking then, like, about and then like move past it or they would just say like oh you're just super stressed and your body is manifesting these things because of the amount of stress that you're dealing with and then just move past it none of them would really have any answer for them hmm. so none of them really got anything from going to see these people i don't think that would help though i think that would just make it worse they're basically saying like ah uh, no it's on your head like, exactly really though because no one really like knows how to cure something like this like you can't you, you can't you, you can recommend things like but people say like melatonin in my system was the reason why i was having these problems so you can't just say like oh take melatonin to help you oh, sleep yeah. better because that melatonin was making them get into a state where their body fell asleep technically and then they woke up kind of a thing right so it, it was just an imbalance in those chemicals or something like that i don't know exactly no i I'm not a doctor. <laughs> I can't imagine being told, well, it's all in your head and just be, like hearing that news. And I think I would just be like, yeah, you think? No, like, yeah. <laughs> no, duh. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's in my head. Please help, psychologist. Right. Um, this is your job. Right. Yeah, ex- help. Exactly. I see a PhD on the wall. Um, yeah. So <laughs> help me. Uh, but Chris said that he had luck for a little bit where he would keep this TV on in his room and basically the static noise would kind of. I don't know if it would like soothe his like his body while he slept and just kind of help him sleep better mm-hmm. with having that background noise. It would kind of block everything else out. And eventually that stopped working. So we just added another TV and another TV and another TV until there was like 12 TVs in a room. And eventually it just none of them worked at all. And he said basically his sleep paralysis seemed to be adapting to what he was trying to do to counter against it. But doesn't that make it that much more real, though? Exactly. If, it's, like, physical electronics are, like, all right, they're, like, stopping, yeah, so to speak. That's what I'm gathering from this. But, the, but what I'm trying to get at here is just, like, if it adapts to what you're trying to do as countermeasures, if there's no way to definitively stop it, he, there's he said that after all of that, it just came back worse. Because, really? Because it was adapting and getting, like, more adept at 
making its way around his subconscious, I guess. Yeah. Where it would yeah. be able to attack him from Fight different angles harder. or whatever. Yeah, you have to almost think like it lives in their brains. So if yeah, he's setting it up, I mean, it's going to adapt. Essentially. So it's just like if you don't have, if there's no definitive way to stop this and you're trying other things, it could almost be counterproductive. I feel yeah. like though it's like I think of like the the typical like high school grade school bully is like once you like stand up to it like it's like this guy isn't an easy target anymore like I know I got to go through this hoop and this hoop yeah. and this hoop like, yeah, yeah I feel like eventually that would stop it but if you said that it actually tried harder and made it worse like I'm just thinking of thinking of it from like a psychological perspective but then again I don't know that Catman or whoever else they're seeing follows the the human psychological thing yeah. but I feel like you go for yeah. the easy target like when someone's putting like all these barriers up, like, I got to go through all this trouble to get to this guy. Well, you think about it from, a, like, the opposite perspective, where you're going to therapy for a certain problem, and you have psychological breakthroughs with your therapist on certain things to help you get better. Yeah. It's almost the exact opposite, where you have, your brain has psychological breakthroughs, unbeknownst to you, where it's breaking through walls that you're putting up to help stop it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Where it's got to fight through things. It's literally a bad breakthrough. Exactly. So it's ex- it's the exact opposite of good therapy, basically. <laughs> Damn it! I just built this wall. <laughs> yeah. And then Wreck It Ralph comes. Yeah. Then Wreck It Ralph is anymore. like boo. But that's basically all I had for you guys from that. I, there, that's so fast. If, if you guys are uh, want to hear more, there's six other people that talk. Well, six other people than the main two I focused on, but. I mentioned a couple other ones. There's other experiences in there that I didn't mention, but if you guys want to hear more about it, go watch the nightmare. I just rented it on Amazon. It was like $3 or whatever, but yeah, I I thought it was a a pretty insightful documentary to what the whole phenomenon is and how people experience it because the documentary, the documentarian himself, I believe had sleep paralysis experiences and pretty much just wanted to talk to other people and see, Hey, Am I going through similar things as you? Is there differences in what we're seeing or what we're experiencing and kind of how we mm. can we can fix this? So I would love to see or do you happen to know actually like how often like is there an actual average like how many nights does this happen? Like per year or something like that or does this happen every single night no not it's not like a nightly thing and i think that makes it almost more terrifying because it's so you know, 100%. It's gonna unexpected 100 and a lot of these people would say like as i grew older like out of my teenage years into my like a more adulthood it would become less and less common for a while and then it would start returning again yeah so there's really just no way to know i feel like it's like like you said, if like if you're having like psychological issues at the time too, I feel like if I was that thing, it's like okay, like when is when is this guy down? Like if mm-hmm. you're like riding a high wave, it's it's gonna be harder to get to this guy. But if he's down at the time, yeah, or he's going through issues, like that's gonna mess with your head already. And right. it's like all right, like this is gonna be an easy time to get to him, like right. really break him down. And like, but then again, it's all just theory. And, and well, like that leads into what the therapists are saying, which is like it's stress related, and it maybe that yeah, is so feeding into go. it, but it's like that's not the main issue here. It's just like an unexplained thing that people experience that they can't really handle. Right. So. And like, I've been stressed my life, but never to the point of that. Yeah, so. I, there, I just don't. There has to be like an additional factor. Yeah, I don't I just really. Know it's stress. I don't know what the extra thing is that ha- makes some people have this phenomenon happen to them at a regular 
basis versus people like us who really don't. Yeah. I don't know if it's just something that like snaps something in your emotional state that yeah. just forces your brain to do something like this, but I beats me. <laughs> See, I don't know if it's like a completely psychological thing, though. Like when he said from that first story where the guy's like, I was seeing this thing, and then this girl who was sleeping next to me Ex- saw this thing. Like, that just solidifies. That's a paranormal, that, like, solidifies, like, okay, like, this can't be just completely yeah. psychological. Maybe there's cases where it is. But then again, like, having never experienced where I see th- these weird things, I can't really, like, say for sure exactly what it is or And isn't. that kind of lends itself into the theory of, like, the collective unconscious, where, and the idea with that is that everything is basically connected in one way or another where there's all of this floating, I don't know if you want to call it energy or whatever, that every human in the world taps into in some way or another. And those connections to that collective unconscious will sometimes leak into other people's lives. And like, you'll experience similar things to someone else without ever having contact with them. Mm. Or maybe you have had contact with them and they're sharing an experience that you're having without you physically or like deliberately telling them to experience that kind of a thing and no one obviously that's just up in the air whether that's whether that's a thing or not but a lot of people do believe in that as like a a phenomenon that could lend itself to something like this that's a very evangelion of you it really is (laughs) i think i think a deja vu where it's oh, like it's like yeah. and everyone's experienced that before where it's like you, you, you're like i've seen this before like i i know and sometimes it's i i saw this in a dream 10 years ago that i haven't thought of in 10 years and then all of a sudden it just like clicks in your head you're like i've seen this before yeah exactly so when you say like yeah. a collective experience like is this like kind of like past? Exactly. like it's, the present is this like a timeless thing like where it's like where, what is this where people, are we all in a turtle's dream <laughs> yeah <laughs> or it's like the the phenomenon of people who say they have a past life where they remember having these experiences as i've like heard of stuff an like ancient that egyptian pharaoh or something yeah yeah and they can vividly remember details from certain things that happen but they obviously physically haven't done it in the modern times it's just stuff like that where it's like maybe there is something to that or maybe it's just our brains trying to physicalize something that maybe we heard one time yeah, and, yeah, and, then, you never and know. then it got stuck in the back and then just got pushed forward. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That you never know. Super interesting. Like deja vu and obviously like sleep paralysis is legitimately terrifying, but I feel like deja vu and sleep paralysis are maybe a little bit similar if you think about it in the terms of like that interconnected experience. Yeah. And like, there's like, why do our brains even work like that? Exactly. Like, why? Because we. Why we, do I just like when I'm, say, at work and I experience deja vu when I hear a certain sentence, then all of a sudden it's just like five seconds of whoa. Yeah. Why right. have I heard that before? Yeah. Right. And yeah, this like, this kind of leads into what I might talk about next week, which is a little spoiler, but it's just like. This is where people get the idea of like, oh, maybe we're living in a simulation where like, uh, or maybe like there's alternate dimensions where. You could jump into a dimension that's ninety nine point nine 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 percent the exact same as ours, except there's one little thing that's different. So there's an infinite number of the frogs are gay. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's just like oh, for example, I was reading this story about this one woman went on a vacation and came back home two weeks later, and she went into her bedroom. Something fell off, and then she went to go plug her phone charger into her outlet at the end of her bed by the wall. And it was gone, and there's an outlet, up, and the outlet was now up higher on the wall above her bed. 
What? Ooh, 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 but it's ooh. it's just like literally like there could be maybe a parallel universe that's almost exactly identical to ours, but that's the one little difference and the only. But then you you would have to have an infinite number where it's exactly. like that blade of grass is a little taller exactly. than this one, and then and like it could be something we would never notice, but it ever, could just yeah. be like you shifted just like that, like point. Oh, 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 one degree to the right. Yeah, and it's like, all right. This and is there's just that one thing that's slightly different, and only you notice it, and now everyone thinks you're insane. I love multiverse theory. It's, it's crazy. So <laughs> and there's actually some. I listened to uh, uh, Star Talk with Neil deGrasse Tyson, and he actually had – I'm not going to go into it because that's just a bunch of scientists talking about jumbo that I don't understand. But, but it's interesting. interesting. And he actually talks uh, to a astrophysicist about the fact that there's a current theory popping up that there may be, like, I forget the way they say it, but almost like kind of like an upside down, like you know how in Stranger Things, yeah, like an, a parallel universe, but not like creepy, but just different. Yeah, it's like a bizarre. And, like, there's world. actually like some scientific theories popping up based on things they're seeing with the more technology we have looking into space that gives credence to that. Which is super interesting. Go listen to them. Don't listen to me yeah. talk about yeah. we're that. Run, we're running up on two hours here, so we should probably wrap this up anyways. Holy wow. <laughs> so, yeah, I'd get a little off on a tangent. But, uh, anyways, uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I thought it was a really fun one. I mean, we got into a lot of different things along the way. Yeah. So, hopefully, Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> hopefully, you guys got spooked at one point or another. So. Yeah, entertained, laughed, spooked. We took you on an emotional roller coaster. Yeah, definitely. I definitely feel like this is going to be our most listened to. I hope so. Maybe it will. Maybe Cover it will. a little bit of everything. Yeah. And I, Again, I think Kirby I, and Kirby swallowing yeah. the <laughs> and guy's the, butt. The, the thing with this one is I think we like covered a lot of different things, but I think we covered them almost for the entirety. We covered them in a way that people can understand. I and hope. this is our segment well, yeah, like of as as... we'll pat ourselves on the back. I mean, obviously, a lot of this is above all of our heads. So it's just yeah, like right. me spouting nonsense. And you can insane. say that I'm insane if you want, because I probably sound insane. But me mispronouncing Sawin, even though I <laughs> talk nonstop about how I'm Irish. Yeah. But anyways, Teddy, thank you for joining us for this yes, episode. Yes, thank you. It's unsaid. This has been perfect. We even get, we didn't even let, get to dive into Yeah, we're, we're going to have to have you on for another one of these. Stories. And all definitely pleasures on the side of the table. Yeah, we'll, hey. ha- we'll have to have you on for like some personal ghost stories and stuff like that. Yeah, we didn't even touch on that. Yeah, because we got, we we got would be way here in the weeds. For another two hours. Yeah, we got way in the weeds. But you could be here for another like 10 hours at yeah, this exactly. point. I mean, just so, going off and off and yeah. off. You know, it maybe, just is what it is. Maybe uh, we'll have you back on for uh, like the Halloween episode and we'll, we'll do something like that. <laughs> but, anyways, thank you for joining us. I had a lot of fun. Thank you for being here. Oh, definitely. Anytime. I hope Anytime. you had a good time. Uh, with Jeez, I probably laughed on this thing at least a couple hundred times. So <laughs> yeah. I definitely had a pretty good time. I laughed. I cried. I got goosebumps. Oh, man. I learned about the Sawin. I'm not, <laughs> not going to be able to sleep tonight, Jacob. Yeah. I'm really mad at you. You're welcome. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, if you guys want to uh, follow us on our social medias, you can uh, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Evan, if you want to give yeah, me a Yeah, let's just say after listening to this, you can't fall asleep and you just need to look at something to fall asleep. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. On Twitter, we're at gems underscore history. You can follow Jacob at Jacob from Wisco, Mark at Mark underscore sign B, and myself at Wadevskis. Uh, Ted, do you have anything you want to shout out social media wise? I'll be back. That's all I'm going to say. There we go. I'll be back. I'll be back. I'll be back. I'll be back for this. And then on Instagram, you can find us at 
gems underscore of underscore history underscore podcast. Yeah, that's <laughs> pretty much. Pause for dramatic effect. I was about to yeah. say, I, I was trying to think of, oh, we still have our GoFundMe up. Side note, need to change that. Because we are hit a thousand a while back. Um, also, it's that time of year. We need your spooky stories. So, yes. I mean, we can have Teddy back on so he can tell some of his. But from you guys at Teddy home, if, if you guys want to send in yours, send them to either those social medias, which is fine. Uh, but we would prefer if you would send them to the email, which is gemsofhistorypodcast at gmail.com. So that would probably be the easiest route if you just want to send them with the subject title saying a spooky story or something like that. Whatever you decide you want to head it as. But we love hearing from you guys. And the more stories we get from you, the more content we have for these spooky episodes. And I honestly, I think they're better when we get to incorporate what you guys have going on. And it just kind of makes it a little more personable that way. And I dare you guys to put in some grammar mistakes sneakily. <laughs> yeah. I'll read it verbatim, like I said. Yeah, yeah, and the longer they are, the better, because we what we want as many details as possible, so we can understand what happened to you guys, so that we can tell everyone else, so that maybe someone else has a similar experience can feel related to that. So I mm-hmm. mean, go with, like these sleep paralysis victims. I mean, everyone's got to have a community that they can feel some sort of Connection consolidation to. with. So. But I think that's all we got for you guys this week. So that's all we got. Two hours and one minute in. Two minutes in. <laughs> I now. think this is definitely going to be our longest episode so far. So my back is broken. <laughs> <laughs> but if you listened this far in, thank you guys for joining us. Uh, rate us on iTunes. Give us five stars if you like what you heard. Uh, we always forget to mention that. <laughs> yeah. We've got seven ratings. Once we get to 10 ratings, we'll do something special. I don't know what, but. We'll figure it out. I as we get there. It out. <laughs> uh, but once again, thank we'll you. We'll go Teddy. to the Hell Cave of Ireland. <laughs> yeah, build a bone throne. Once again, build a bone throne. <laughs> yeah. We'll go as bone saw for. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Teddy, thank you once again for joining us. But uh, we're gonna get out of here because this has already gone on long enough. So we will be back next week and hopefully have some more spooky content for you. But until then, everyone have a great week, and we'll talk to you later. <laughs>